Welcome back to the Beach Bums Podcast. It's episode 5 and we are nearing the NFL playoffs as week 15 is underway. We'll be breaking them down, all down, providing you with in-depth analysis as well as a recap of the Ravens clinching the NFC North. That and Leo's top 5 coming up on the Beach Bums Podcast. Let's get it rolling. It's episode 5 of the Beach Bums podcast, week 15 of the NFL season, kicking off tomorrow. The larger slate, of course, we had Thursday night football, mm. the Ravens taking that one 42-21 over the Jets. But before that, Leo, we have this little forfeit, the little 30 seconds about where yeah. we have to give our spiel about a team that we hate and tell, tell the audience how much we like them. Your yeah. team would be the Cowboys, mine would be the Raiders. We'd say how much we like those teams, even though we obviously hate them. And that all, it all depends on our records due to our predictions. Mm-hmm. So why don't you give our audience a little update on our predictions so far? Uh, all you uh, Leo fans, uh, it's not looking hot. Um, my hot takes have not really been landing. Uh, Cam is pulling away more. He's up four games now with a 42-15 and 15 record. I sit at 38-19. and 19. Now, some of you may be thinking, I should tone down on the hot takes. But now that I'm further in the hole, I have to use hot takes to get out of the hole. <laughs> right. So I'm just going to keep firing them. You better keep listening and see what I say. Yeah, you have, you, have to, you have to keep watching all our episodes. If you missed our first four, they're all up on Spotify. Check them out, the Beach Bums podcast. And our, we start this... We start every episode with a segment. It's called Last Week's Best and Worst. Leo, we give our our best predictions from last week and our worst. Kind of give the audience a little a little recap of our mm-hmm. predictions from just a week ago. We don't want to lose the results of just a week ago. So, you know, we're going to we're going to dive deeper into into what our predictions were and mm-hmm. which were was our best and our worst. Leo, I'm going to start with you. What was your best prediction from last week? Uh, well, 49ers at Saints was exactly what I called exactly what that game was going to be. I claimed it was going to be an absolute shootout. There wouldn't be any defense at all, as sometimes happens in the Dome at least once a year. I swear at once a year there's one of these games where both teams right. score 40-plus points. Mm-hmm. This was that game of 2019. Uh, and I also said the Niners would win. That game, by the way, finishing 48-46. Absolutely Oof. no defense. I chose the Niners, and it paid off in the end. That was one of my good takes. Reminds me of that Rams game from just a year ago. What was it? It was like 63 to... Yeah, it was... It was in the Coliseum. Yeah, it was in the Coliseum. Something nuts. Just, those high-scoring games are always... They're just like... Oh, yeah, it was Rams-Chiefs last year. It was Rams-Chiefs, yeah. and you're always on the edge of your seat. That game came down to the wire. Both quarterbacks showing what they can do, and Jimmy Garoppolo proving that he can show up with the best in Drew ball. Brees. Now, my best, it was the Chiefs. I mean, it's always ballsy to pick any team that isn't the Patriots when you're talking about a matchup in Foxborough. I took the yeah. chance. Chiefs win 23-16. to That was an ugly game. But the Patriots have looked ugly in these past couple games. We'll talk about that in a little bit. Brady with only 169 yards. I don't think I expected that. But the Chiefs winning that game, that was my best prediction. Now, my worst... The Broncos beating the Texans on the road, thirty-eight to twenty-four. I mean, no. we, we could clump this in as worst pick just for the podcast, right? Or or just anyone just choosing this game that isn't a Broncos fan. Drew yeah. Locke, seventy-four percent completion rate. He only he only threw five incompletions, three hundred nine huh. yards and three touchdowns. The first ever quarterback to have three hundred plus yards and three plus TDs in their first road start. Wow. Drew Locke, is this the quarterback? For the future for the Broncos. We'll talk about it later when we talk about the Broncos Week 15 matchup. But he's looking good so far. Leo, yeah. what was your worst prediction? Uh, my worst pick was one of my hot takes. Uh, Bengals at the Browns. I said that the Bengals were going to dismantle their tank for Joe Burrow and beat the beat the Browns, who have been sputtering all year and inconsistently. It's It was a divisional game. I wanted to get a bleed on Cam. Mm-hmm. This didn't work out for me. They ended up losing by 15 in the end, and it, it was the it was the bungles that we all know and love. So right, one in 12 pick. on the season. And now let's let's head to Thursday night football. Jets Ravens. There's not a lot of to talk about about the Jets because they're five <laughs> and nine. They're completely out of it. We knew they were out of it. I mean, th- this is a season that they have to look back on and say we had Le'Veon Bell and yeah. we didn't utilize Le'Veon Bell. But besides besides the Jets, let's talk about the Ravens specifically. The guy that's going to win the MVP. I don't think there's any debate. I know Russell Wilson. You kind of throw him in there. Mm-hmm. Even even someone like Aaron Rodgers. But yeah, 
Lamar Jackson, he just broke Michael Vick's rushing record as a quarterback. Vick had 1,039. Jackson's at 1,103. He has two games left. I don't think he's going to slow down. Now, in that game, he had five touchdowns as well. Lamar Jackson, it's crazy to see because last year you had a young Patrick Mahomes throw for 50 touchdowns. You have another young quarterback. I like how these young quarterbacks are taking the NFL by storm, Mm -hmm. and they're the ones winning the MVP. I mean... It was Brady just a couple years ago, wasn't it? it was yeah, Bo- that was Mahomes. That was the Brady wanted the year that Carson Wentz should have won it, but he tore his ACL. Right. So right. So you look at the veterans that 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 really you know control the league for most of yeah. the two thousand ten, most of this decade, of the, and yeah. now you're looking at the young quarterbacks, and I like to see this because there are a lot mm-hmm. of promising young quarterbacks, and this might be an incentive for teams to start drafting quarterbacks and being confident with that pick sticking with their quarterback yeah maybe starting them starting them earlier than because for a while like if when you look back and say michael vick we're speaking of he was the first overall pick in his draft class but he wasn't supposed to play that first year right the mindset nfl for a while was oh even if it's a number one overall pick quarterback you got to give him a year behind these people but these new quarterbacks are showing us that they don't really need these these years to wait. They just if they get the experience quickly, they can show and show what they've got to they can do. MVPs come rolling right through the door. And you can't forget Patrick Mahomes he wasn't a top pick. Lamar no. Jackson was the 32nd pick. He mm-hmm. wasn't a top pick. These are guys that are underdogs and I mean Brady during his time was an underdog. Maybe it's something 100%. about having that mentality. Anyway, Ravens won the AFC North. No surprise there, Jackson. Probably the front runner and the winner of this year's MVP. No one yeah. would be mad. And we talked about Tom Brady. Mm-hmm. We're going from one guy that's is up and comer as one of the best quarterbacks. You don't know. We'll see in his in his um, if he does win MVP this season. If he can replicate it in in the season after. But you talk about Tom Brady, and this is a guy that's played through it all. Mm-hmm. He's six Super Bowls, a plethora of MVPs. I mean, he's shown that he can win and then just keep winning. Exactly. And I know that all these quarterbacks like Mahomes and Jackson look up to him, but Brady, he's been a little sluggish yeah. this year. I mean, I'm just going to read some stats for you. First four of six games, I know they were playing terrible opponents, but he had a pass rating over 100. He hasn't had a pass rating over 100 since then. Wow. That's the first six weeks from week 7 to week 15 or 14 at this point hasn't had a pass rating over 100 last mm-hmm. 7 games hasn't thrown for under 300 uh, under or has thrown for under under 300 yards pardon me mm-hmm. i think it's tough to say because it's tough to imagine i mean yeah. tom brady with the amount of receivers he usually has with gronk there at the tight end position interception in his last 2 games that might be an issue in the playoffs 6 of 13 games under 50% completion rate that's the surprise that's the surprise because you could have terrible receivers but it's you can still put it on the money. Yeah. You know what I mean? Being Tom Brady. Had four straight games with a pick at one point. And Tom Brady hasn't had a year under 25 touchdowns since 2006 where he had 24. And I'm not going to count the 2008 season because he did have an injury. didn't really play mm-hmm. any games Towards that year. Game. Exactly. Um, he has 19 this season. Two more games. Leo, what's up with them? You know, th- th- we everyone remembers – last year and the year before that when everyone was talking about all right tom this is it you're gonna fall off a cliff they were two years early i think this is the year now now yes patriots fans before you come and attack me uh, i understand that your quarterback doesn't have the greatest weapons to throw to right now and as an eagles fan i can sympathize so much but that does he is he's getting up in in that age and as good as quarterbacks are, he is still a human being. I think this is this is the starting decline of Tom Brady. And I think it's something that, you know, some people will accept now. And Boston fans will have to accept maybe once they get into the playoffs, if they go one and out. Or maybe it might take a whole other season. But I don't know. I think this is this is the decline of Tom Brady. I completely agree with you. And I just feel like... I'm not too concerned because you see the up-and-comers like Lamar Jackson and Patrick Mahomes and Deshaun mm-hmm. Watson. And it's not nothing against Brady. He's a great quarterback. He's fun oh, to yeah. watch. But when you see these up-and-comers and they're really taking the league by storm, 
I don't get concerned that one day we won't have a Drew Brees, one way one day we won't have a Philip Rivers, we oh, won't have yeah. a Tom Brady because you're seeing these dynamic quarterbacks coming out of college and playing like they've been playing in the league for 15 years. It's so a I, really nice thing to see. Yeah. Exactly. So I'm not too concerned, but Brady, I agree, he's falling off. Now we're going to head into tomorrow's games, starting off in an important NFC North matchup. Mm-hmm. Bears Packers, now you might look at the Bears, 7-6, and six, and think, they're out of it. I mean, this yeah. is the NFC. The Vikings mm-hmm. are 9-4 and four and hold that second wildcard spot. Not too fast. The Bears mm-hmm. have a better divisional record. Uh-huh. The Vikings and Bears play one more time. All the Bears need to do is win this game. And I know it's in, it's in Green Bay. It's in Lambeau. I understand that. I know it's Trubisky in that offense. Even though he's been playing well in these past couple of games... Five of his his eight interceptions have been in the last four games. That might be a stat that's a little concerning, but I'm not really concerned with that Packers pass defense. Uh, The Packers won 10-3 in week one. That was a snooze fest. I think it's going to be a little more offensive just because the teams have really picked it up over the past couple weeks. Packers are 22nd in total defense and 21st in the pass defense and still sit 10-3. and Trubisky has to take advantage of his two main targets, Allen Robinson, Anthony Miller. Mm-hmm. That, that's what he 100%. has to do. Now, if you look at the, the advanced stats, Rodgers is given the fourth most time before releasing the ball in the league. That means he's allowed to stand in the pocket for about three seconds on average, which when, you know, with the NFL being a pocket collapsing league, yeah. that's, that's, that's not great when you talk about defensive lines trying to get to Rodgers. Cleo Mack has seven and a half sacks in the season. He has to get to Rodgers. Rodgers having a great season. I Now, before the Rams started making a push to the playoffs, I thought the Bears had a great chance to make the playoffs. Oh, I did too, yeah. Now, I still think they do, even though I think the Rams have a better chance. They're one game up on them. Their mm-hmm. schedule looks a little easier. I'm still going to take the Bears in this one. I think the Bears Ooh. have a little fire in them. I know you talked about you taking your hot takes. And, mm-hmm. you know, getting, you know, it hitting you back a little bit. There's a little little bad karma from it. Mm. But I'm gonna take the I'm gonna take the Bears in this one because I still think they have playoff hopes. Uh, it's not gonna be a fun game to watch. I mean Rodgers is still Rodgers, but those I mean the Packers defense isn't great. The Bears offense isn't great. The only great matchup will be Bears defense against Packers offense. And the Bears defense hasn't been like electric like they were last year. Very I'm true. still gonna take the Bears in this one. They still have a chance for the playoffs. Well, I'd like to thank you for opening the door for me to kick this open. I have to say, Cam, it's very ballsy to pick last week to pick Tom Brady losing in Foxborough. But I would argue it's just as risky to pick Aaron Rodgers losing in Lambeau. I agree with you. Which is what I will not be doing here. Okay. I'm going to roll with Aaron Rodgers. The Aaron Rodgers did on the season, get this, 23 TDs to 2 interceptions. If this weren't the crazy year of Lamar Jackson and Russell Wilson, that would be an MVP. That That is an MVP caliber QB stat. 100%. I mean, for God's sakes, the man hasn't thrown a pick in seven games, and he has 15 touchdowns in that span. Yeah. And like you mentioned, the Bears defense, that D-line is still still a very elite D-line, but the secondary hasn't been what it, what it was cut out to be last year. Devontae Adams is still, you know, probably a top five wide receiver in this league. And it's just so hard to bet bet against Steve bet against Steven Smith's bad man and Aaron Rodgers. Yeah. So I'm going to take the Packers in a close one to uh, in Lambeau. Now, because this is an important game, I'm going to throw in two more things. And the loss against the Niners, that blowout loss that the Packers suffered, Rodgers was sacked five times and Kittle had 129 yards, which was the top receiver in that game. Mm-hmm. And the loss against the Chargers, that 26-11 loss, Rodgers was sacked three times and Mike Williams had 111 yards while Hunter Henry had 84 if Trubisky can utilize his top two receivers mm-hmm. and get them both above 80 yards receiving, which I think he can against that abysmal Packers pass defense, so, yeah, it's a fair and adjustment. Khalil Mack and that defensive line as well as the linebackers can get to Aaron Rodgers, I think the Bears have a great chance. Yeah, I definitely, I definitely see that side of the argument, but I'm just, I sometimes you just got to go off the field and how many times I've watched Aaron Rodgers play play football, yeah. and that's why I'm gonna have to roll with him. But moving down. Into the great city of Cincinnati, <laughs> Cincinnati, Ohio, who the Bengals are going to be hosting. Oh God, the Patriots. Okay, well, you know, for let's take for a second. We don't do this very often, but let's not talk about on the field stuff for this game. Okay, I want to call out Bill Belichick for a minute here 
Bill, why are you filming the one <laughs> in 12 bangles? Yeah. Why are you, what, what is there to learn? Their, their offensive game plan is to roll over and die and hope for Joe Burrow to ascend from the, the heavens that is LSU. <laughs> yeah. Why are you filming them? What edge could you possibly get off them? I mean, that was that was just crazy. And they're playing it off as some documentary, but the footage shows them watching the sidelines for obviously for signals. Yeah. This is, I mean, and, and, okay, if we're moving into the game, let's let's just get this short, sweet, and concise. The Patriots should blow the, blow the Bengals out. They just lost at home last week. They, you know, they're not, they want a good seed in the playoffs as they mm. always do. They want to go back to Foxborough. They need to blow the Bengals out. The Bengals are the Bengals. Yeah. So I'm going to pick the Patriots. Okay. I just wanted to highlight whatever the hell this, this is with the filming. Mm-hmm. So Against really bad teams, Pats have won by an average of 34. That was the beginning of the season. In these past five games, they've averaged 18 points, and this has been against good teams. Mm-hmm. The Patriots should, should blow the Bengals out. The Bengals are 32nd in rush defense. Now, they are 19th in the pass defense, which isn't good, but Brady should still prove that he's Tom Brady. The Patriots should blow the Bengals out. No questions asked. Next game, Seahawks, Panthers in Carolina. No Ron Rivera still. Obviously got fired a couple weeks ago. Mm-hmm. Russell Wilson, last game, was terrible. The Seahawks were terrible. Yeah. The Rams had five sacks in that one. Both Higby and Woods for the Rams had over 100 yards. I know that has nothing to do with the Seahawks and the Panthers, but it had to do with last week where the Seahawks lost 28-12 to mm-hmm. when they shouldn't have played that bad in that game. No. Goff also had two interceptions in that game. It could have been a larger margin if he didn't. Yeah, the Seahawks, I had a lot more confidence in them about five weeks ago, and now I have all the confidence in the Niners and no confidence in the Seahawks. Mm. I know they're still 10-3, and three, but I, if you took my top five Super Bowl contenders from a couple weeks ago, go check out that episode. I had the Seahawks above the Niners. Flip them. I have the Niners mm. above the Seahawks now. The That's Seahawks. Warranted. Yeah, I mean, the Panthers are 29th in rush defense. The Seahawks still have Russell Wilson, 26-5 TD interception ratio. The Seahawks are still going to win this game, but I, I'm struggling with the Seahawks right now because they're about to enter the playoffs against teams that are better than the Rams, and they have to play on the road if they win in that wild card game. If they, because I don't think the Niners are going to win that division. So I'm struggling with the Seahawks right now. They'll beat the Panthers, but the Seahawks are in trouble for the playoffs yeah. in my opinion. Yeah, and um, yeah, and Panthers fans, I'm I'm sorry if you're a little angered by this segment as us, us focusing on the Seahawks. It is towards the end of the season. A lot. This is one another crazy year for playoff scenarios. And also, hate to be the blunt one, but I am an Eagles fan. It's what we're known for. Your team's five and eight. Cam Newton project failed, and you just fired a good coach for no reason. Your team's tanking. There's nothing else much to say here. Um, keep this sweet and concise again. Seattle should roll through, get a revenge game, just like the Patriots should get a revenge game. Well, not a, sorry, not a revenge game. The Seahawks should get a bounce-back game, just yeah. like the Patriots get a bounce-back game, like we mentioned earlier. The Seahawks should blow out the Panthers. Now, moving to a definitely more interesting game, especially yeah. if we're still talking about playoff scenarios. Texans 8-5 and five versus the 8-5 and five Titans. This is one of the biggest AFC South matchups. Both ever. sit at first in the AFC South. I mean, yeah. obviously the Texans hold the to hold the divisional um, because they've won more in the division. They mm-hmm. hold that, that top division spot, yeah. but... These teams are neck and neck. I yeah. mean, it's a huge AFC South matchup, 100%. Now, if you go back and listen to our last week's podcast, me and Cam were not prepared for the scenario, the scenario this game is because we didn't think that going into the second half of the Texans-Broncos game, the score would be 31-3 Broncos. Yeah. So, in, in reality, we, we were expecting, okay, the Texans are going to be a game up or maybe two, most likely a game up on the, on the Titans in here. But now we have an 8-5 and five and 8-5 and five matchup. And with the Steelers sitting at eight and five, and the Bills sitting at nine and four in the wild card, mm-hmm. there's a very real, very real scenario where one of these teams doesn't make the playoffs. Very true. And it's a really hard game to pick because we know the Texans' offense is. It, we know DeAndre Hopkins. We know Deshaun Watson. We've already talked about him. If you go and listen to one of our fir- our first episode, one of the best qu- quarterbacks right now to build a franchise around. But then you go on the other side, you have Derrick Henry. Let me just throw out a stat right now for him. 250 carries, 1,243 yards, and 13 touchdowns on the year. He's, he's, he's looking to earn himself a contract. Ryan Tannehill, since he started playing for these Titans, 15-5 to 5 TD to INT ratio. They're already talking about extending him. This, is a, this has got to be one of the hardest games to pick this week. Mm-hmm. But I am going to roll with the Texans because wow. I've seen the Titans lose games 
that make no sense. I remember them going into the Cle- the hyped up Cleveland Browns and mm. beating the crap out of them. Yeah. And then failing to score a touchdown against the Colts at home and losing. And I know that was Marcus Mariota, but I just can't pick against my Texans right now. I've been rolling with them all year. Deshaun Watson is my quarterback of the future, if mm-hmm. you, so to speak. So that's what I'm thinking. Cam, what are you thinking? With I'm this taking game? the Titans. Titans Ooh, have won right. four straight. A.J. Brown has blown up in these past couple games. For how dynamic everyone says the Titans, uh, the Texans' offense is, the Titans' offense is actually looking better. Ryan mm-hmm. Tannehill is showing that he is the quarterback of old. Texans haven't eclipsed 30 points in their last seven games. They've only eclipsed 30 twice for a team that has DeAndre Hopkins, Will Fuller, Deshaun Watson, you'd expect the Houston Texans to score more. I mean, yeah, in my opinion, you, you would think that. Deshaun Watson, 29 to, 24 to 9 TDINT ratio. He's been sacked 38 times. He's been okay. I mean, mm-hmm. he's been, he's been, you know, he's not been terrible, but yeah. for Deshaun Watson, nine interceptions, that's not great. Texans aren't scoring a lot. Uh, Henry for the Titans put up 149 on the eighth ranked uh, defense in the NFL rushing wise and the Texans are 18th in the run. So what says that Henry can't put up a better stat against a worse rushing defense team? I have Henry going for over 125 in this one. All right. Um, It's in Tennessee. I think that makes a difference. Tennessee wins this game. I think the Titans win the division. I don't okay. I don't know I don't know how they're gonna play in the playoffs because they're still the Tennessee Titans. Mm-hmm. And this this AFC, even though we were like, oh, the AFC's not the best, those wildcard teams, you never know. I mean, mm-hmm. if it's Titans Steelers or Titans Bills, you'll be like, I don't know. Yeah, I'm just gonna true. it's a toss-up. I have no clue. I don't care where they play, I have no clue. You know yep. what I mean? So I'm going to take the Titans in this one. We have a little bit of a difference there. The, the prediction, the rankings are going to get a little mixed up. Mm-hmm. I mean, we have a lot of, uh, a lot of differences in sure. picks. So now, far, we're not that far in. Let's take it to New York. Dolphins, Giants, 3-10, and 10, <laughs> 2-11. <and> <laughs> has no playoff implications. I mean, I'm going to make my pick quick. Fitzmagic versus Manning. Uh, I have Giant, the Giants winning in this one because I liked Manning last week, and I don't think that the defense is going gonna, is gonna to stall like they did if they're playing a team like the Dolphins. Before you make your pick, Justin, um, uh, is it Devontae Parker? Devontae Parker. He just got a four-year, $40 million extension. Smart. Great for the Dolphins because they need a, they need a receiver for the next couple of years that's as they're starting too. to find their team. It's very cheap mm-hmm. for a guy that's playing well. Uh, I have the Giants in this one. Yeah, I'm gonna roll, we're going to go similar here too. I'm not going to say much. The Dolphins looked lackluster again against the Jets, um, the bad Jets. I Fitzmagic, you know, always dies at some point in the season. He had his high against my Eagles. Now he's going to have his low. And I will say that this game is not going to be about Eli Manning. This game okay. is going to be about Saquon Barkley. Okay. And Saquon Barkley is going to remind Giants fans why they took him number two overall with over 100 yards and at least two touchdown total touchdowns on, mm. on the day. That will be my pick. Okay, so we're halfway through the Beach Bones podcast. We're going to take a little break. Next, well, coming up next, Leo will give his, will give his little hot take about his Eagles. Mm-hmm. Stay tuned for that here on Episode 5 of the Beach Bums Podcast. Welcome back into Episode 5 of the Beach Bums Podcast. We are halfway through our Week 15 games and of course, we're the beach bums. We like to soak it in the sun. Uh, but 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 when there's not a lot of sun in San Diego, it's our job to bring the hot takes. Your uh, eagle, your eagles are up right now. I'm gonna make it, you know, very quick because mm-hmm. you know part of this show is we kind of defer to the to the resident fans. Of course, of course, me being the Chargers fan, you being the Eagles fan. I'm taking the Eagles. They're playing the Redskins. It's a must win for them. Carson Wentz. I don't think he's going to show out, but the Eagles are still going to win this game. Okay. Uh, Eagles move to 7-7, seven and seven, and I think take the lead in the division. Ooh, that's foreshadowing a later pick if you guys are keeping up. Yep. Um, yeah, so Eagles rant isn't going to be very long this week uh, because we won. So I'm, I'm like somewhat happy. Uh, yes, uh, we were down 17 nothing at the half. I will highlight that <laughs> later on. A little foreshadowing there. Um, in another injury, Eagles... Injury, Eagles injury update. I've been doing these every week, uh, as sad as it is. 
Jordan Howard still isn't playing. Lane Johnson, high ankle sprain, won't play. Alshon Jeffrey out for the year with a broken foot. Mm. Nelson Aguilar still has that nagging knee problem. All should not play this week. So it's Carson Wentz and the kids again. Um, and last week, Carson Wentz did the right thing and went to our tight ends. Zach Ertz had nine receptions, 91 yards, and two touchdowns. One was the game-winning one in OT. Um, I'm going to pick my Eagles. The Redskins are sputtering. I cannot wait to see Fletcher Cox get his way with Dwayne Haskins. And I am going to say here on this podcast, yes. the Eagles are going to finish 9-7. and seven. You think they're going to win out? Yes. Right here. They're yep. going to win out from now on. I mean, they have the Redskins, Cowboys, and Giants. So they should win out mm-hmm. if you talk about them being the winners of the division. Yes. So they should win out. I'm going to agree with you. Okay. If, if we're gonna, go. if we're gonna do, you know, if we're gonna predict further on now, Broncos Chiefs, we just went from one divisional matchup to the next, five and eight Broncos, nine and four Chiefs. The Broncos season is over. The Chiefs, they're nine and four. Did they just clinch the AFC West? They did. They're back mm-hmm. to back to back to back champs, which pains me to say because I'm a Chargers fan. Uh-huh. I don't know the last time we won the AFC West. Uh, the Chiefs, Mahomes has been lackluster, which is funny to say because he has 21 touchdowns and three interceptions with the 105 passer rating. <laughs> we mentioned what Aaron Rodgers had, 22 and three. Uh, or was it? 22 and two. 22 and two. Something, something like that. Um, and we were saying that could be an MVP season. I mean, this is close. Yes. Uh, the biggest issue for Mahomes is he's not really finding a lot of yardage in the air against the Patriots. He looks like he kind of nicked up his hand at the beginning yeah, of the did. game. He had 300-plus yards in his first four games, looking like the Mahomes of last year. But only one 300-yard performance since. I mean, that could be because of that injury that he suffered. Mm-hmm. But Mahomes hasn't really looked the same. I mean, the Chiefs don't run the ball. They only pass the ball. Nothing's new. Damian Williams is still out. And for the Broncos... This is a prove-it game for Drew Locke. In his first two games, 443 yards, five touchdowns, two interceptions, and 111.4 passer rating in those two contests. Drew Locke looks great. Can he be their QB1 for the future? I think it's all about him and Philip Lindsay. Philip Lindsay is going against the 28th-ranked rush defense. For the Broncos to win this game in Arrowhead, they have to run the ball, and Drew Locke has to look Really, really good because the Chiefs want to tune up for the playoffs, and this is a great game to get it. I yeah. have the Chiefs beating the Broncos in this one. Yeah, I mean, we, if we take a look back at some of the Broncos' history, uh, Payne Manning that one that one year was injured for a lot of it, and we saw the resurgence or the first really surge of Brock Osweiler, and we all remember how that went, right? Houston gives him this astronomically yeah. stupid contract for winning five games. Oh. And it completely doesn't pan out. He's not even in the NFL anymore. Could this be Drew Locke again? But this time John Elway makes that move? Well, first of all, he's a rookie, so they're not going to overpay him. But I see no reason why they shouldn't roll with Drew Locke for the rest rest of the year. If they're going to have a high pick, they could maybe snag a Herbert. But I I think with these rookie quarterbacks, if you let him develop and you give him if you give confidence in him, there there's no reason that he can't shine, and he has been shining so far. Um, so that's why I'm actually going to pick the Chiefs. You uh, thought I was going to pick, yeah. He raised his I was eyebrows. hoping, He's I was like, eyebrows. oh, my oh, prediction. Free win. Like a, exactly. Free win. No, no. The Chiefs are still going to roll through this. Yeah. Patrick Mahomes is too good. Uh, the Broncos have been abysmal on the road and abysmal in the second half on the road. True. Uh, so I'm going to roll the Chiefs. Couple of teams. I, I was mentioning a couple of teams with win streaks being the Chiefs and the Broncos, but I think David Blau entered the podcast or something <laughs> and kind of like, Ruin the audio? I don't know what... Maybe it's because the Lions have lost six straight. I don't know. Just something happened where... It's just something about the Lions. Maybe... I think that the... some Someone said Detroit Lions are up next. And then everything came crashing down. Like their season. Exactly. And (laughs) it just so happens their game is up next. So thanks, Lions, for that little audio break. Interesting. Patricia. Exactly. They're playing... (laughs) we'll, We'll just jump straight into it. They're playing the Bucks in that one. Lions are losing this game and losing their seventh straight. The Buccaneers have been so up and down, but their past couple games, I don't blame them. They've been they've been okay. Uh, Jameis Winston has shown that he can throw the ball at a high rate. That Mike Evans injury is going to kill them. I hope he's not out for the first part of next season. Yeah. But the Lions, they've lost nine of their last ten. I mean, they ruined our audio. Like Come The on. fact that the Lions did both of those things, I'm taking the Buccaneers in a blowout. I mean, yeah, I'm going to take the Buccaneers, too. 
Uh, they finally, finally blessed me with a good pick. I've been hating on them for so long. <laughs> and they finally roll with me against those Colts last week. Uh, just to highlight Winston, he is currently second in QB passing yards total on the season right now out of all quarterbacks. And he's also second in passing touchdowns. The craziest part is just he has those crazy interceptions. That's why people, yeah. you know, you can't look at him. But it's so funny because in the season coming up to this season, everyone's talking about, all right, Jameis is over. They've got to draft a quarterback. Bruce Arians to start all over. Now it's all up in the air again. Like, you've seen the potential for him to throw these great receivers that's going to be an interesting offseason thing to talk about. But anyways, Buccaneers from both of us, me and Cam, moving to the afternoon games, which will be 4 o'clock games for us soon. Well, no, it will be 1 o'clock, one, one o'clock game. games for us. I know this Sorry, East yeah. Coast time is East just Coast ruining game. us. Yeah. But for the Beach Bums, it will be 1 o'clock games. For you East Coasters, it will be 4 o'clock games. Kicking off Browns Cardinals. Browns, yeah, Browns Who Cardinals. Have, Who do you have, Leo? Who do you have? I've been picking the Cardinals. And <laughs> Not working out for you. I keep saying they're at home. That should help them. I don't. I, let's make it three in a row. This is such a toss up. I'm gonna take Kyler again. You are. I. I the, the, this is probably the worst defense that they. This is definitely the worst defense that they played yes. over the hot takes. That hundred percent. Um, they almost beat the Steelers last game. Baker is incompetent. It sounds like OBJ wants out. So yeah, I don't think he's gonna play. I don't think he's gonna play. Play. Cardinals, the Buccaneers cut me some slack. I've been believing in you, Kyler. Reward me. Cam, what are you thinking? I am not going to – I hope they don't reward you because I'm going with the <laughs> Cleveland Browns. Oh. This is a terrible game. Both teams are out of playoff contention. It. I mean, if you want to turn off one game all day, there's a lot of games to turn off, but this is ugly. I mean, there's nothing I can say. Two young quarterbacks, if you want to look <laughs> at youth – but if you also want to look at youth, look at Lamar Jackson, Patrick Mahomes, and Deshaun Watson. I have the Browns. You have the Cardinals. Now Jaguars, Raiders, Foles versus Carr. I mean, the Raiders have lost three straight after looking like they could win the division. Uh, Gruden, his scheme hasn't really worked because they haven't beaten good teams. They were 6-4 and because they played bad teams. It's in the black hole. These are one of the final games in Oakland. Ah, I probably should have thought this one through. The reason I'm going with the Raiders is because my Chargers beat the Jaguars 45-10 last week. And the Jaguars look like they don't know how to play the game of football. Where just a couple of years ago, they were in the AFC Championship. I have the Raiders moving to 7-7. Seven to se- seven and seven. It doesn't matter, but I still have Oakland. Oh, Nick Foles, my old <laughs> friend. Oh my God! Cue the cue the Charlie Puth song we yeah. all know. Right now. That's what I'm thinking in my head, uh, buddy. I've been picking you all year. I'm not picking you here. Uh, it's not because of Derek Carr. It's because of Josh Jacobs, who's been having one of the best years of rookie running backs. And this this Jaguars defense is nothing like it used to be. No. Derek Henry has tr- trenched them. Since like this that last season where he had that ninety yard ninety nine yard touchdown, I remember that very well because I had him on my fantasy team. Yeah, and this year Derrick Henry's been running all over them the same way. Josh Jacobs is looking great. The Raiders get a, a win, a memorial win in their black hole stadium. Mm-hmm. Now moving on to another AFC West uh, uh, team, the nine and four Vikings are going to their home ga- away game <laughs> in LA against the chart five and eight Chargers. Um, I want to highlight another off the field thing. There was a great clip that came out from last week's blowout win. Phillip Rivers throws that 90-ish yard touchdown to Austin Eckler and decides to chirp, I think it was Miles Jack or something. Miles Jack. And he literally stands there next to the guy, like a 12-year-old, and goes, 90 yards over and over again. He's like, 90-yard touchdown. 90-yard touchdown. And and, and he's just like, come on, man. That's like the most 12-year-old thing. This isn't schoolyard football, Phillip. You have seven kids. Eight, eight, nine. (laughs) I don't know. It's it's a lot of kids. (laughs) You're three games under 500 when you were predicted to make a deep playoff run. And you're still chatting to a team that's in just a bad situation as you. Now, moving back into the game, the Vikings need this win if they want to make, you know, to keep a good playoff spot in this crazy NFC, e, NFC, sorry, NFC in general playoffs. And if if you're if you're saying the Packers are going to lose like the, you say they are, the Vikings win here. They might have a, they have a very good shot at the NFC North title in a home playoff game. And I'm going to take that high-flying Vikings offense to win. Kirk Cousins, let me just highlight the monster year no one's talking about because there's so many quarterbacks playing well this year. 70% completion percentage 
3,275 yards, a 24-4 TD INT ratio. really good. Also would be, that would also be an MVP talk if we didn't have Lamar and Russell this year. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to pick that yellow and purple to win this game in L.A. Cam, what are you thinking? I wish I had some DJ Khaled <laughs> in the background because I'm getting hyped for my Chargers after that loss. Oh. I mean, sorry, after, after a loss. Win. After that win. I mean, <laughs> losing so much, it's tough to tell anymore. <laughs> oh, I am taking my Los Angeles Chargers to move to 6-8 and eight and upset the Minnesota Vikings Whoa. in StubHub Arena. <laughs> That's a that's a bad that's a bad. <laughs> love to hear that out loud. <laughs> the Chargers, I don't care that they're the fourth ranked pass defense versus the Vikings. I or they, now that they're playing the Vikings. I don't care that they're the fifth ranked pass offense. I'm taking the Chargers because they're my team and <laughs> I'm trying to find some hope and that's I'm trying that. to find a way to fit the Bears into the playoffs when they probably <laughs> won't make the playoffs. And I'm just trying I'm trying to like purposely or individually move the playoff bracket by myself, which is you're, impossible. You're, pi- you're also piling hot takes, which is great. Right. I'm, <laughs> I'm pioneering the playoff back bracket by moving it myself. Chargers win this game. They move to 6-8. and eight. We still have a losing season. We could go to 8-8. Eight and eight. You never know. Whoa. But, I mean, yeah, I'm not going to predict that right now. <laughs> um, but we win, we win this game. The Chargers, LA, rise up. I mean, <laughs> we're oh still God. not making the playoffs, but maybe this, maybe this can be a little booster for Anthony Lynn. Maybe he won't get fired. Okay, enough of the Chargers. Another L.A. team. They're not playing in L.A. because, you know, the focus in L.A. is when the Chargers beat the Vikings. Uh, right. Rams, Rams <laughs> against the Cowboys. Rams are 8-5. and five. Cowboys are 6-7. and seven. The Rams look like the legitimate Number two wild card spot in the NFC, even though the Vikings have it right now. The Rams beat made the, that case last week. The, the Seahawks beat the um the Ram or sorry the Rams beat the Seahawks a week ago in the Coliseum. The Rams have some momentum. You're going to talk about Aaron Donald in a little bit. Mm-hmm. Jared Goff. I mean, it hasn't been terrible. It's thrown too many interceptions, but yep. against the Cowboys, you don't really have much to no, worry about yeah. unless Jerry Jones can jump on the field and, <laughs> and intercept the ball and do something for his Resurrect team for once. Exactly. I uh, just want to throw this out there. If the Rams end up making the playoffs and the Vikings get knocked out, or maybe even the Seahawks, depending on what happens in that division, they might play the Packers in the first round. And when I talk about the Rams making some noise, not just in these final couple weeks, but in the playoffs, Packers are 23rd in defense and 22nd in offense. They are still 10-3, and three, mm-hmm. but they're middle of the pack, That's leading true. toward the bottom. Rams are going to make some noise. I like the Rams right now, which is shocking. If they just started the season stronger, I mean, some injuries have held them out. They still have a great team on paper, and they're going to have a great team down the stretch. They win. Fun fact, everybody listening, this is a uh, this is a rematch of the divisional playoff game last year, except in Jerry World. Mm-hmm. Um, it is, as if you'd like me to put it into musical terms, this is the YG versus Post Malone game. Yes. Um, Aaron Donald last two games highlighted he just – dismantled Kyler Murray the week I picked them. And last week, he dismantled Russell Wilson. He's had three sacks and four tackles for loss in the last couple games. He's looking like the monster that they're paying. Jared Goff, hashtag not my number one overall pick, (laughs) did have a good game last week. 22 for 31. It's only nine incompletions. Almost 300 yards and two touchdowns. Though he did those two picks you highlight. He's been throwing picks. Uh, the Cowboys, we if you you got to go listen to last week's pod. We highlighted the embarrassing game against the Bears on their Thursday night. They're coming off more rest. If they lose this game, they're a, they're they're most likely going to be not leading the division because my Eagles are playing the Redskins. Right. Let's you know pray to a God that they don't lose that game like we talked about. Um, but I'm also going to roll with the Rams um, because a I don't like the Cowboys. Uh, they're sputtering. The coach is bad. Dak is getting exposed. And the Rams are, are, I think they're catching fire. And there is definitely a great case for them sneaking into that wild card. And not just a great case for them sneaking into the wild card. A great case to have three NFC West teams in the playoffs. Very true. Definitely the best division in, I would, best division in football. 100%. 100%. Yeah, 100%. Now, moving down, we're going to stay with the NFC West once again. Another a great matchup. What man? The Niners really get a challenge this week. Oh my oh. gosh! Wow. Oh, never mind. It's the four and nine Falcons. <laughs> um, I mean, what can we say? I don't need to talk much about the Niners. If you want to see the Niners offense in the Niners offense form, go watch last week's game. 
like I said, they're just an offensive blitz. George Kittle, Manuel Sanders is resurging with an actual quarterback again. Jimmy Garoppolo is proving that, you know, maybe he was, in fact, worth that contract. We know the San Francisco D-line. We've been talking about them the entire length of this podcast with Forrest Buckner. Uh, Nick Bosa, not, yeah, Joey not, Bosa, not Joey Bosa, almost made that switch. I'm taking the Niners. There's no reason anyone else should not be taking the Niners unless you're an ignorant Falcons fan. Cam, what was you. was Jimmy Garoppolo's injury an Achilles or an ACL? ACL. ACL. Well, it doesn't even matter because I don't think I've seen someone come off such a just a, a huge injury, such a crazy injury. One, one of those like you like you know how it's it's almost I would I don't want to say self-inflicted, but there's not no contact. It's one of those yeah. injuries where it's like a freak accident. You don't know what's yeah. happening. I would actually argue that one was self-inflicted because it was him not going out of bounds. True. And trying to make Very true. extra yards when he didn't need to. Yeah, but that's a good point. I'm saying a no-contact injury. You don't expect a lot of players, especially the quarterbacks, to come out strong. Jimmy G, 25 touchdowns, 11 interceptions. Those were earlier in the year. Mm-hmm. This team's still putting up points on points on okay. points. They're second in the rush, second in points, second in total defense, first in pass defense. I mean, they don't do well against the rush, but they're still a good rush, rushing defensive yeah, team. Of I mean, that defense is great. Now, I think the big thing that we have to we have to focus on with the Niners because they're making the playoffs, probably winning the division, probably getting the one or two seed depending on it. So they're going to get a bye game. They're going to be able to play at home. The big thing to look with the Niners was last week. They beat the Saints 48-46. I think that this game's important for them because I want to see their defense not give up 46 points. I understand the Falcons are a bad team, but the Saints are a good team that they might be facing in the playoffs. You Mm -hmm. can't be looking at a team you're going to face in the playoffs. Although you put up 48 points, you can't be looking at that team and be like, Here's 46 points and be forced to put up 48. The amount of points they gave up in that game, the Niners defense should not give up with their ranking, their second in total defense. A team that's second in total defense, I don't care if it's Drew Brees, you're going against good teams in the playoffs. They're all good teams. That's why they make the playoffs. Six teams in the NFC make the playoffs. Those are all good teams. You shouldn't be giving up 46 points. That's a good. That's a very good point. I understand the Niners won that game. I think that this is an important game for them, not just because they're at home, but because they're facing a team that they can blitz on oh, the defensive side. Absolutely. Matt Ryan has been sacked 41 times. That's all I have to say. Against the Saints, he got sacked nine times. The Niners just beat the Saints. Niners are just the Niners are going to blow out the Falcons in this game. And I'm just watching the defense. I don't care about the final score. I'm watching the defense. I don't, even, I don't even think if, if the Falcons put up 28 points and Niners put up 73, I'm not looking at the 28 points. I just want to look at the defense with my own two eyes. Mm-hmm. I have to use the eye test on that defense to see if they're ready for good teams in the playoffs. Now, Sunday Night Football, Bills-Steelers. This was flexed to Sunday Night Football. Because guess what? It's a wild card. Not a wild card matchup, but the two teams in the wild card in yeah. the AFC. Number five and number six. Bills at five, Steelers at six. Now, me and Leo were talking about this earlier. The Bills have a chance to not make the playoffs with the Texans and Titans yeah. at eight and five. That's very crazy. I mean, if the Steelers win this game, either the Texans or the Titans are going to be eight and six. The Bears could be eight and six. It could be a crazy week 16 and 17 yeah. for a team in the Bills that we were looking at like, wow, this Bills team. I mean, a game now one team we haven't expected is the Steelers being eight and five. I mean, there are oh. injuries with Juju being out, Connor being out. If I'm looking at this game and looking how the Bills obliterated the Cowboys, even though the Cowboys are just beyond terrible at this Love point, to hear that from you. Um, I should pick the Bills. I should mm-hmm. pick the Bills against a Steelers team that's unknown. I should. I really should. I'm not going to. Steelers are winning this game at home. I have full trust in the Steelers at home. I don't have full trust in any of the positions that any of the Steelers players play, mm-hmm. except one guy. And he's an important Watt brother. Ooh, 14, yeah. is it 13 and a half or 14 sacks on the season? 13 and a half, for, is yeah. it, It's TJ Watt. TJ Watt, TJ yeah. Watt is a monster. I don't know if Josh Allen can be comfortable in the pocket. Bills are coming off that loss against the Ravens. Bills are legit in my mind, legit in the way like, like they'll lose to good teams. Like they won't win a playoff game, but they're legit in like – in the way that they're not the 2-11 and 11 Bills that we're accustomed to seeing. Yeah, I get that. Right? Because they only lost to the Ravens by 7 in Baltimore. Mm-hmm. So I have confidence in the Bills, but I think it's Sunday Night Football, and I think it's the Pittsburgh Steelers in Pittsburgh. I have the Steelers winning this game. What about you, Leo? 
Now, I, uh, you obviously, you guys obviously can't tell, but when he said he picked the Steelers pick, I didn't really have that crazy of a reaction like like when most of our hot takes get seen. Yeah. For ma- one main reason he didn't highlight. Anyone talking about prior to the season that Mike Tomlin should not be the head coach of this team anymore it has been silenced. Yeah, 100%. Because we talk about all those injuries, that, and you talk about the, the one key position, and I actually thought you were going to say Mike Tomlin because Mike Tomlin, I think he should win coach of the year. For this performance, you know, you've had third stringers, running back by committee, basically the entire season, backup quarterback drama, you know. It'll Kyle, probably be Kyle it, Shanahan. It, 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 it might, but I, I, you know, you could easily make the case for this, and I, I see why. And it's really hard for me to pick against him because I kept, I've been picking against him for these last couple weeks. He's been proving me wrong. I, I'm behind in the rankings. I, I've been watching this Bills team all week. I, I have to roll with the Bills Bouncing back against – they need to bounce back against those Ravens. I have faith in the Bills Mafia. They need to come and make this playoff spot. I think they move to 10-4. and four. Steelers move to 8-6, and six, make that wild card spot. Even crazier at, six, at the sixth wild card spot. Leo, I'm scared. We have a lot of differences in our picks. I'm, you're, I'm, hyped. You're, I'm hyped for it. You're going to catch means, up. This means uh, I can catch up. Yeah. I'm very hyped <laughs> for this. Now, moving to our final game. Which Monday I, night. Monday night football. I don't think – I don't think we're going to differ here if we're, if no. we're being honest. No. I mean, if you, it's Colts, Saints, 6 and 7, Colts, 10 and 3, Saints. Saints have already won the division. Colts are completely mm-hmm. out of it. I, uh, you go first. I mean, I, I feel mean, like we both know who we're going to pick, but you go first. I mean, you know, the Saints did give up a lot of points last week. They did. And they don't have the best defense. Uh, Jacoby Brissett isn't, you know, he's fallen off since the beginning of the year, and after that injury, he doesn't really look the same. And that, that Saints offense, you know. Kudos to you guys. You guys want to keep trying to blow people out? You're going to steamroll teams like the Colts. You know, when we get to, we start talking about playoff games, yeah, you're going to have to pick up that defense when you start playing the Niners that you just lost to, Seahawks. But when you're playing the six and seven Colts who have injury problems and not the best offense, and definitely certainly not as good a defense as the Niners, just Drew Brees, just go blow them out. I'm, yeah. I'm full confidence in you. I'm picking the Saints in the dome. That's there's nothing else for me to say here. So the Colts played the Bucks last week, lost thirty eight thirty five. Marlon Mack had a terrible rushing game. They ran the ball. It was it was terrible. I, I don't even know how many times they ran the ball, but they should have ran the ball more with Marlon Mack coming off an injury after recording over a hundred yards in the game that before he got injured. So for a team that relies so much on their rushing offense, they didn't run the ball against the Bucks. I mean. I can't really blame them. The Bucks are first in their run defense. But I just I think that the Colts have to stick to their guns. That's one thing the Colts have to do. The Colts have to stick to their guns to win this game. Now, the problem is that the Saints, guess what? Fifth in the rush defense. Yeah. Marlon Mack is still going to get no production. Like, literally, he's still going to get zero production. <laughs> and the Saints are still going to drop 40 points on the Colts. Mm-hmm. Now, after losses, I mean, Drew Brees has only played one time after a loss because Teddy Bridgewater was yeah, after the first loss. Yeah. Uh, he, he had 228 yards and three touchdowns. Drew Brees isn't losing two in a row. Saints aren't losing two in a row. Saints move to 11-3. and three. They're still pushing for that number one spot in the NFC. I think they get the number, number two spot. because I think, one home player. I think the Niners get the one spot. But I have confidence in the Saints' offense. You need to watch their defense. Their defense was terrible last week. And, I mean, even that Kittle run, that Kittle catch and run yeah. at the end. That Blaine face mask, too. It's just like, that's I mean, if you're the Saints, you need to learn how to stop a team with a minute to go when your offense Less puts you in front. It was 45 seconds. When your offense yeah. puts you in front. It was way too easy for Robbie Gold to get a good look at a field goal. Oh, my God. It was like a 35-yarder. Right. So, we both have the Saints in this one. That's going to wrap up our week. 15 predictions. I mean, but the episode's not over. If you've been watching our past four, if you haven't checked um, check them out, check out the previous four on Spotify. We always have a top five at the end of the week. Mine was last week. Leo, intro yours this week. All right. Well, th- uh, this week I decided to do some more reflecting. Finally do a ref- reflection on the season instead of talking about players and uh, teams that are disappointed and stuff like that. I'm going to talk about the top five biggest collapses in the regular season of 2019. That's coming up next, yeah? Yep. Stay tuned. 
All right, welcome back in. This is our final se- uh, final segment of the episode five of the Beach Boats podcast. Um, this is the top five biggest collapses of the season. I'm interested in this. I'm interested now, to see what you what you yeah. pull out of your hat for mm-hmm. this one. Now, just like last week, you, if you didn't check it out, you got to go check it out. But just like the last time I did a top five, yes. if you didn't check it out, that was sure episode three of the Beach Boats podcast. Three, I laid out five things and had Cam rank them at the end. And we're going to do the exact same thing with these. Uh, and we're going to see if our rankings differ at all. Because I've got rankings in my head. I'm curious to see what you have first, though. Now, I'm going to go chronologically in a sense. We're going to start with week one. And week one did have a collapse game. It was a very interesting one. Week one, Redskins at Eagles, okay? Now, I'm going to paint this scenario for you. We're going to go through it. Do you remember that Vernon Davis touchdown? I where, don't. Okay, he caught an out route. And Vernon Davis is 36 years old. Yeah. He hurdles a man for a 50-yard touchdown First, like, play, first play, like, first drive of the game, and it's in Lincoln Financial. Everyone's stunned. Um, the And the, they would actually end up going on to score another touchdown and two more field goals to go up 20-7 to at halftime. This Eagles team was, like we've mentioned before previously, predicted to go to the Super Bowl by some people, and now they're losing to the Case Keenum-led Redskins 27 at the half. They went punt, fumble, punt, punt in the first half. I'm, I'm sitting there ripping my hair out, <laughs> just going crazy. And then the second half starts, and the Eagles proceed to score 21 unanswered points in the third quarter alone. That's that mind-blowing. They go up 29-20, and, and they end up winning the game 32-27. The third quarter, like I mentioned, saw the Redskins, they had just two possessions for six yards total. Now, I know the Redskins are a very, you know, memified team, if you want to use an interesting word, but... 21 unanswered points in one quarter. Yeah. That's just that's just appalling. And you, now stay tuned with the Eagles. They're going to pop up again. We move to week three. We move out to Stub Hub Arena. Woo! I mean, I, no. Why am I cheering? Yeah. That, <laughs> uh, Cam, Cam's going to unfortunately have a bad taste in his mouth once we get through this one. Yeah. Now the Texans came into this game. The Chargers came out of the first quarter up 10 nothing. They forced a fumble, and they got a couple punts out of the Texans. They'd actually end up the half up 17-7 after Kai Fairman missed a field goal. And the Chargers had a really great offensive, you know, half. Three of the five times they went down and scored points. What happens? Okay, we move to the second half. Texans proceed to score back-to-back touchdowns in the third quarter, and they forced the Chargers a turnover and two punts. Suddenly, if we're talking the fourth quarter, it's 21-17 Texans. What's happened? They entire they ended up scoring only three points in the entire half. The main thing Chargers did, yeah. The Chargers had three points in the main half. Something Cam probably remembers well was that turnover on downs mm. that they desperately needed to score a touchdown on or get points in Texan territory. They didn't want the field goal. They didn't trust the defense, so they went for the touchdown. Did not work out. They ended up losing that game. Now week three. Now I'm gonna move since this is chronologically. Now this it was hard to find a lot of collapse games. I'm highlighting this one for a certain reason. This, and you'll see in a minute, but let me just get into it. Week three again, Ravens at Chiefs. This, this boy, would this be a matchup? This played, you know, this part of the season. It'd be very interesting. Now, this is, and now the Ravens came out, and I'm going to highlight the first quarter. They were up 6 nothing after, you know, a great time possession. And, and, but then we move into the second quarter. This is why this game is special. This is the most points given up in one quarter in the year so far. The Ravens, the Ravens defense gave up 23 unanswered points in the second quarter alone, and were held scoreless. So there, so you're thinking you're coming out. It's the first quarter's over, up six nothing. Man, we're holding the MVP to no points, and then you're going into the halftime locker room. Oh my God, we're down seventeen. Yeah, and twenty three to six. Now this is not significant because the second half the Ravens would come back out, but it is significant because they only ended up losing by five. If you hadn't given up twenty three points in the second quarter, boy, would this have been a different conversation for a game. Uh, so that's that's why I highlighted that one. Twenty three points, most in one quarter. Moving to moving down to number four, we talked about this one extensively on a recent uh, on a recent podcast. This is actually episode one. This is episode one of the Beach Bums podcast. Yeah, no, yeah. So yeah, we so yeah. Now we jump ahead. There hasn't been a lot in a while. Week eleven, Broncos at Vikings. Let me just lay it out this way: the Vikings' first half possessions, punt, 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 fumble, fumble, punt. Now, to tally them up for you, because that was a lot, that's seven possessions, five punts, two fumbles, big fat donut in the scores for the first half. Broncos' first half possessions, back-to-back touchdowns, two field goals, 
They're up 20 to nothing at the half in Minnesota. The 7 and 3 Vikings, mind you, were a playoff team at that point. What would happen in the second half? Oh boy. The Vikings proceeded with a you know, first half, they scored a touchdown in the first half, Kirk Cousins. Second half. Second, sorry, second half, yeah, touchdown. The Broncos would take seven minutes to kick a field goal. So now we're going into the fourth quarter. It's still 23-7. to Broncos fans must be feeling nice. Vikings fans, I bet some of them probably left that stadium. I'm, I'm convinced some of them left. The Vikings would score on 20 unanswered points in the fourth quarter to win the game. That's... So we go from 23 to 7 to 27 to 23. They were outscored 27 to 3 in the second half. The Broncos. My oh my. Now, finally, I mentioned prior, the, the Eagles would come back up. This is a very recent one. Last Monday, not even a week ago, week 14, Giants at Eagles. Eli Manning's first start since being benched since since being benched for Daniel Jones. He proceeded to torch the Eagles' secondary like it was Super Bowl Forty Two all again, helmet catch all over again. Yeah. Darius Slayton was the recipient of this. First half stats, five receptions, 154 yards, two touchdowns. Insane stat line. Score at halftime, 17-0 Giants. I'm freaking out in my dorm room. <laughs> I turned the TV off at halftime to cool down. I, I, and I think I'm starting to talk about tanking for the rest of the season with my roommate because I cannot believe what I'd seen. The Giants would proceed in the second half. We talk about the second half. It's the whole point of the list. 29 total offensive yards in an entire half. That is just abysmal. They put it on every single one of their drives except a kneel down to go into OT. Carson Wentz came out. I was starting to – I'm not going to lie. I was really starting to have doubts with him. Throws 228 yards and two touchdowns. Now, that would already be an okay stat line for a game alone. That's a half from him. Now, and like we mentioned pre- previously, I mentioned earlier in the podcast, Zach Ertz was a recipient, nine receptions, 91 yards, two touchdowns. The Eagles, to sum it up nicely, the Eagles went on to score 23 unanswered points in one half in OT to win the game 23-17. to Keep their playoff hopes alive. Keep the playoff hopes alive, tying the Dallas Cowboys for the NFC East lead. Now, Cam, I've laid them all out for you. You did. I want you to rank them starting at five, going up to one. Okay. What are we thinking with all these crazy collapses I've laid out? So for you? before I lay it all out, because I have my one through five, I'm just mm-hmm. gonna read them over again. Week one, Redskins, Eagles, Redskins collapsing, Eagles winning that game. Week three, Texans at Chargers, Chargers collapsing against the Texans in the second half. Week three, Ravens at Chiefs, Ravens putting up a big donut in the second quarter. And the Chiefs pulling it out, but the Ravens did come back. It was a good game, whatever. Mm. Week 11, Broncos at Vikings. Broncos can't play second-half football, Vikings, <laughs> or even fourth-quarter football. Vikings win that one at home. And then Monday Night Football, just a week ago, less than a week ago, mm. the Eagles coming back from a 17-0 hole in the second half, keeping their playoff hopes alive. I feel like we all know what number one is. It's Broncos-Vikings. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The Vikings... It was funny. I was going down to our dining hall, and the guy that swipes our card is a Broncos fan. I think I mentioned this. I did mention this. It's just so funny because I keep bringing it up, and I was like, "Oh, it's a great story. You should keep bringing it." Yeah, and I was like, "Up, well, your Broncos are your Broncos are up twenty to zero. Do you think the Vikings are going to come back?" And he's like, "We've only given up what twenty, thirty yards in that first half. The Vikings are coming back and winning, and it's a shame." He said, "It's a shame when they're up twenty to zero. Vikings ended up winning that game. That's my number one." Number two. Now, it's tough to pick. The only reason at number two I have Giants at Eagles is because playoff implications. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Giants, if the Eagles didn't win that game against the Giants, first of all, it would have been a shocker because it's in Philadelphia. Second of all, Cowboys could win the division even playing abysmally. Like, they were terrible, yeah. and they could still win the division. Now the Eagles have a better chance at it. That's my number two because of the playoff implications. Number three, Texans at Chargers. Just because we expected the Chargers to do well, and this was the beginning of the season when they first started to collapse. Mm-hmm. So uh, Texans are a good team. I'm not, like, not expecting the Texans to come back, but it is in L.A., and we expected a lot from the Chargers, and the Texans just came out firing in that second half. Number four, the reason I don't have Ravens and Chiefs at number four, even though that was, that was probably the better game, mm-hmm. is because 
the Ravens didn't end up winning that game. I think it would have been different if you're down 23 to 6 and you collapse in the way to win that game. Yeah. At number four, I have Redskins Eagles just because the Eagles won that game and the mm-hmm. Redskins said bye bye to our season in week one. <laughs> so at number four, I have that. And at number five, I have Ravens Chiefs, which could be. An AFC championship. I mean, we don't know. This was week three. We could see a little rematch in the AFC championship. You don't know. Leo, that's been your top five, top five biggest collapses of the season. You did a lot of research for this one, didn't you? Oh, yeah. I had a deep dive, uh, a deep dive a lot. In the, I deep dive, deep dove every week looking at scores for yeah. this one. So I'm very proud of this one for sure. And with that, the end of our top five, the end of our week 15 analysis, that's been episode five of the Beach Bums podcast. Week 15 is on tomorrow, and it's going to be a great slate of games. So many good With playoff implications, too. with storylines, with divisions on the lines. I don't know if we've ever had a more exciting Week 15, because we always have an exciting 16 and 17 oh, with the Texans and Titans being tied at the top, with oh, the yeah. Bears fighting, with the Rams being third in the division mm-hmm. at 8 and 5. This is going to be a great Week 15. I hope all of you enjoy it, and I hope all of you enjoyed Episode 5. Episode 6 will be coming out next week, and guess mm-hmm. what? We'll both be in San Diego. Sunny weather. Exactly. So the Beach Bums will be in at our home turf for episode Mm -hmm. six of the Beach Bums podcast. That'll be week 16. But this is episode five. We hope you enjoyed all the in-depth analysis for Cameron Zare. And Leo Silverman. This has been episode five of the Beach Bums podcast.